Hey there, family. Welcome back to a whole new podcast here at U-Turn Orlando. We're so psyched to have you guys. For all those of you who want to have more information on our church, go ahead to www.myuturnorlando.com. We love you guys. Enjoy. The sermon. God bless you guys. Love you. Amen. Come on, give my wife a beautiful hand this morning. How many love Pastor Margarita? I'm kidding. Just joking. I know some of you guys like her more than you guys like me. I'm just joking, though. Amen. Wow, you guys didn't even respond to that. Be like, no, we love you, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Well, I just want to reiterate, uh, this Wednesday is when we start our youth groups, and this topic is a very necessary topic, because how many know that there's certain things that we could stop by just disciplining ourselves, but then there's certain things that we can't stop by disciplining ourselves. Sometimes we've got to fight against it. And God, if you are a Christian, if you're a believer this morning, um, uh, the way we fight against it is because Jesus has given us authority. But if you've never received Jesus inside of your life, how many of you know you don't get that authority? And the enemy has full reign inside of your life. But when you get Jesus, you get authority. And you get authority over sin. You get authority over the things of this world. And you get authority over Satan himself. And this is why he wants to keep you out of a church like this or any church that's healthy, right? Because he don't want you to know that. That having a relationship with Jesus gives you authority over all your addictions, over sin, over the things. Does that mean you're going to be perfect? No, but it does mean that you have authority. Everybody say authority. Authority. Amen. So today, we're going to go ahead and continue our series called Blessed. Everybody say blessed. blessed. And so many times we don't really understand that God has called us to not only be blessed, right? God's called me to be blessed. But when we are blessed, he's also called us to be a blessing. Amen. And this series is somewhat about that. Uh, Bless really stands for begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, and story. And last week we started with begin with prayer. How many were here for last week's message? Begin with prayer. Amen. And I shared a little bit about what we talked about. I talked about last week how pray, uh, how when we pray, God's heart, uh, when we pray, God gives us his heart for lost people. And some of you might be asking, well, who's a lost person? What is a A lost person is a person that does not know Jesus. You can know about Jesus and still be lost. How many know the devil knows about Jesus? Come on, somebody. The devil even knows the Bible. But how many know he ain't saved? He's lost. So coming into a church, knowing about Jesus is just not enough, right? And so what happens when we begin to pray for people like our friends and our family members, God begins to give us a heart to not only uh, talk to them as a friend, but to also reach them. Why? Because how many of you know when you get something, right? Something that's cool for a man, maybe it's a beautiful car, or maybe it's a house, maybe it's something, right? The first people that you wanna share it with is number one, your family, and who? Your friends. You wanna start like showing it off. Hey, look what I got, look at my new car. Hey, look at my house, come over, let's eat, right? You wanna show it off. The same thing should be true when you give your life to Christ. Aren't you excited about what God is doing inside of your life? Aren't you excited about the change that God is doing, the things that God is revealing to you? My friend, we should be excited 
to reach the lost. The other thing that we talked about last week was pray against spiritual blindness. How many remember that? Amen. And that's when I, I shared my testimony, my personal testimony that when I was like in Puerto Rico and I didn't want to get saved, I didn't want to do, I, I didn't want to have nothing to do with God. Absolutely nothing. And maybe some of you are here, maybe you're listening on the on our website podcast and you want nothing to do with God. The good news is, is that that doesn't matter. Right? Because even though I did not want nothing to do with God, religion, Jesus, I don't care what his name was, I didn't want nothing to do with it. But how many know that Jesus wanted something to do with me? And that's why the Bible says, hey, even though you didn't choose me, God says, hey, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And I'm, I'm so grateful that he chose me because I had no intentions in choosing him. And I had, a, I had a praying grandmother that she basically prayed against spiritual blindness off my life. And we talked about Paul, how he was blind. And then we talked about pray for the right words in the right seasons. You know, some, some Christians don't know how to talk. Right? Some Christians don't know how to talk. They don't know how to say the right thing at the right time. They're like, a, you're, you're, for some reason, you're, you're like a checkoff for them. Hey, let me share the gospel. Let me, let me just say this prayer for the, uh, to them let them to, so they can repeat it and give their lives to Christ. And that's it. That's a checkoff. They never talk to you again. They never invite you to church again. They don't try to hang out with you no more, right? And so how many of you know that we can't be like that? We can't be people that judge people. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. So today I'm going to be talking about uh, uh, a little uh, Today, I'm going to be talking about listen, each serve story, which means doing less is more. Doing less is more. And how many of you know some people that do extra? Right? Some of y'all are extra. Come on, somebody. I could be extra. Don't get offended. You know you're extra. Sometimes I could be extra. Right? But how many of you know so many times doing less is what? More. And some people are just so extra about it. And sometimes when we're trying to reach our friends and, and reach our family, we just do too much. Amen. We talk too much, right? We're just doing way too much. Because how many know that if God has placed you in their lives, Jesus is already doing the work inside of their lives. Yes, Lord. And our position should be the letter L, which is just to listen. Mm. Sometimes we just need to sit down and just have a listen, hear what they're saying. It might, it might come out angry, right? Because we met people that are just angry at God for whatever reason. We, we might hear certain things that we just feel uncomfortable with. But how many know, like we talked about last week, at the right moment, at the right time, in the right season, God will give you the right word. Why? Because God is already doing a work inside of somebody's life already. It doesn't have to happen automatically in the first conversation sometimes, right? It, doesn't, it, might, it might take six, seven weeks before you actually tell them about Jesus and how you change your life. And we talked about that a little bit last week. But we need to listen to people. You know, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I don't have a, I, I don't listen to people because I try to draw conclusions. How many, how many of you do that? You're talking to somebody and they finish your, they finish your sentence. And be like, well, that's not what I was going to say, bro. I wasn't going to say that. Me and my wife do that to each other. I try to finish her sentence, and she'll be like, you didn't let me finish. Because I had no, I, I wasn't going to say none of that. And I say the same thing back to her. But can you imagine 
if we would actually listen, you know, in, in, in Luke chapter 18, verse 40, this is talking about Jesus. Look what it says. It says, Jesus asked a blind man, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he answered. Jesus replied, look and you will see your eyes are healed because of your faith. Right? Now, he's talking to a blind man. Jesus is talking to a blind man. Jesus is saying, hey, what do you need from me? Well, isn't it obvious what he needs from you? Come on, somebody. He's blind. Obviously, it's an obvious thing that he needs sight. He's coming to you because he needs a miracle. So some of us might be asking, why would Jesus... Why would Jesus ask a question? What do you need from me? What kind of miracle do you need from me? The reason why Jesus asks a blind man, what do you need from me? Because he wants relationship. He wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with somebody. And it's never been the intention of God for us just to give a person a track and never build a relationship. My friend, it was a relationship with Jesus that caused this person to see. A blind person said this. He says, hey, I want to see. He had a conversation with them. In order for Jesus to find that out, how I many you know he had to listen? He had to listen. And so many times... We're here in the church, right? And we say, hey, man, I'm the one who needs help. Can I tell you something? Do you want to get yourself out of a situation? The fastest way to get it is by serving somebody else. And many times you're going to begin to realize that somebody is in worship than you are. Somebody else needs a bigger miracle than you do. But sometimes we are so focused on us. We're focused on our needs. We're focused on our rent. We're focused on our food. We're focused on what we need. That we forget that we are a people that are on a mission. Yeah. In whatever stage you are in. Amen? Yeah. So we talked about listening, right? The next one is the letter E. Everybody say eat. 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 How many love to eat this morning? We all love to eat, right? In fact, some of you are thinking about what you're going to eat later on. Come on, somebody. Some of you are on your phone right now checking out restaurants. Hey, does this have five stars? Does this have 4.7 4. stars? Because I ain't going to no restaurant that has three stars. Come on, somebody. You might not make it at the end of the day after eating somewhere like that, right? But do you know that Jesus loved to eat? You know, in, in, in the Bible, in the Bible, in the, book of, in the book of Luke and Acts, do you know that every time Jesus did something, not every time, but about 20% of the time that Jesus wanted to do something in somebody's life, it was always over food. About 20%. Amen. Right? We understand that. There's a lot of things that happen over food. Right? Deals are made over food. But houses are bought sometimes in a table over food. Right? Serious discussions are had over food. Right? When you want somebody to snap, you don't take them alone inside of your house. You take them to a public place. So if they snap, you got some help. Come on, somebody. I've done that before. I'm like, look, if I take this person to my house, he might do something because he might feel the freedom. There's nobody there. So let me take this person to Starbucks real quick at the busiest time. So if he starts snapping, they're going to call the cops. And then I could run. How many ever been there before? There's a lot of things that happen over food. There's a lot of things that happen over food. 
Let me give you, let me give you a story. And there's a, I'm not going to give you all 13 of the things that Jesus did in the book of Luke, but let me give you one story. And then we'll overview the other ones. But look at Luke chapter 5, verse 29. It says, Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. And many Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat? Watch this. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? These are church people, y'all. Church people are saying this. And then he says, Jesus answered them. And I love the fact that Jesus just didn't just ignore them. I love the fact that he's talking to church people, religious people, and he says, hey, why, why is he eating with these people, this scum, these sinners, right? Because tax, tax collectors were like basically how, how we feel about lawyers, right? But we don't call them lawyers, we call them liars. <laughs> right? Tax collectors were the same way because their whole ambition was to take money from you. So what they would do, they would charge you a lot more money than it actually cost so that they could begin to fill their pockets. So during this time, tax collectors were not looked as people that people wanted to be around. Every time you found out that this is a tax collector, you'll get talked about. People didn't like being around tax collectors. But I love that Jesus had no problem being around people that everybody did not like. I love that Jesus was around people that the church looked as scum of the earth. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus answered them and he says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Well, that's common sense, right? And you would think that religious people would understand that, right? Because he's not speaking physically, he's speaking spiritually. He's saying, hey, listen, I'm not looking for the people that are in the church that are nice and healthy and they think they know it all. Look what he says. He says, Jesus answered, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Verse 32, he says, I have come to call not those who watch this, who think they are righteous. Who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. You know what Jesus was saying to the people that were saying that? The Pharisees, the religious people of his time, the church people, right? Because if you were lost, you wanted to be like one of these people. And here's these people that are supposed to be reaching the people that Jesus is reaching. And yet they have a different perspective that our Savior has. He looks, they look at people that are lost and that are, that are unhealthy spiritually. And they look at them like scum. And Jesus says, hey, listen, I know you think you don't need this. I know you think you're not a scum. I know you think you're not a sinner. I know you think you don't need me, but you're just like them. Yes, Lord. That's what Jesus said. Yes. That's why, that's why he says, hey, I know you think right. that you're righteous. You ain't righteous. You're just like them. So many times, you know, when I was reading this, you kind of begin to analyze your life, right? And do you think, like certain people, right, but we're okay with being called a sinner, but we're not okay with certain sinners, right? We're okay with being around our friends that are sinners, and we're okay with our kind of sin, right? Because our sin is a little bit better than their kind of sin. But Jesus will begin to say something to us when we begin to think that. He says, hey, you think 
you're righteous. But just your mentality alone lets me know that you are just as unhealthy as they are. Amen. I think we've all been there, right? Yes. When we're around a certain kind of sinner, we're like, oh, this person smells or they don't look right or they're dirty, right? Oh, well, they don't act like these kind of people. These sinners over here, they're a little bit more comfortable to be around. These are scum. These are the ones that make you uncomfortable. I'm not called to reach them. I'm called to reach these sinners. My friend Jesus says, hey, I don't care what kind of sinner you're called to reach. We are all scum. We're all scum. Whether they smell and dress really nice and they're hip and all that stuff, or whether or, or whether they're not as hip and they don't dress that nice, and maybe they don't have a house, and maybe they don't have food, and maybe they demand a little bit more of you. Jesus says, I'm the with the ones that demand a little bit more of me. Because you wouldn't. Because you think you're more righteous. And we need to get out of that, right? You know what that is? That is a spirit of religion. Yes. Where we think, oh, I'm called to these people. I'm not called to them. But Jesus says, hey, I want you to go to the highways and the byways, and I want you to begin to reach all the people that my church has rejected because I sit with them. Jesus is literally sitting with people that make everybody else uncomfortable, including the church. My friend, I don't want to be that kind of church. I'm okay with all types of people coming to our church. I'm okay with the businessman coming to our church, the lawyer coming to our church. I'm okay with the young adult that he's getting into his career and dresses really nice coming to our church, but I'm also one to have the heart to reach those that don't have a house and they don't have food and maybe they don't look right and maybe they wear the same clothes all week and maybe they don't smell just as right and maybe they don't have it all together like these other sinners do. But Jesus says, hey, I am with them as well. Yes, Lord. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen, amen. amen to that. So many times we, we, we look at our sinful nose at down-eyed people. Oh, well, you know how they are. That's a, that's a, that is a, a self-righteous attitude. Yes, it is. It's a self-righteous attitude. And Jesus is dealing with that with these, these Pharisees. He says, you think you're all that because you don't look like them and talk like them. And because you don't act like them and you feel like you have it all together and you're just as in need of repentance than they are. Come on, somebody. Amen. In the story, who are we? We have to ask ourselves, right? Are we the religious person? Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm the religious person. Sometimes I'm the person be like, oh, man, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go to that neighborhood. I don't want to go to that person's house. I don't want to go to that side of the, of, of the city. Sometimes I'm the religious person be like, oh, let somebody else do that. Or are we like Jesus? You know, I could picture Jesus just hanging out with all the people that all the churches don't want to hang around with. I could picture Jesus going to, to Dollar Tree, right, and getting the little plastic cover for the table right 
and he just puts it on the table, and then he probably goes to KFC and gets a bucket because how I many know they got some good deals? Amen. And you get some buckets, right? And you get some soda. And then he starts to begin to invite all these people. And here are all the religious people looking at this rabbi, right? That is doing miracles. And he's just eating with not, not Pharisees, not church people. He's eating with people that rob people. The people that are, they're not smelling as well. The, the gang member. He's, he's eating with the prostitute. He's eating with these religious people called scum. Can we be a church that can also reach the so-called scum? Can we be that kind of church? You know what kind of church, you know what it requires to be that kind of church? You need the heart of Jesus to reach that kind of church. Maybe we, maybe we never be the church that says, hey, man, you're not allowed here because this or that. I'm not saying don't, don't tell people. Right? Sometimes you gotta tell people, yo, you need to you need to change this or you need to change that. You're welcome here, but you need to change that. That's that's not that's not uh, looking down on them. That's loving them. If I have a booger in my nose, and I'm talking, I'm about to talk to the president, and you don't tell me that I have a booger in my nose, and I'm about to talk to the president, I'm gonna be be pretty upset that you didn't tell me I had a booger in my nose. How many agree? If I smell. And you don't tell me that I smell. You need to tell me that I smell, right? I'm going to be a little offended. That's not looking at somebody like looking down on somebody. That's loving them. So in the text, are we the religious person? Are we like Jesus? Or how about this? Are we like the sinner that Jesus is sitting around? We could be all three, actually. You know, you know what boggles my mind sometimes is that we're just like the scum that G the religious people call these lost people scum, right? These people, they were saying, how come your master is eating with such sinners? Why is he eating with such scum? And sometimes we forget that we were the same scum that he saved. We forget that it was God that changed us and that's why he has cleaned us up and that's why he has changed us and now we get so arrogant and so entitled and we begin to look at the same people that we came out of, right? We were in the same situation. We were in the same addiction and yet we get entitled. We say, oh, I don't want to go to a church like that that reaches the scum. I want to go to a little bit more high class church. Where would Jesus be? Where would Jesus be? Don't get me wrong. I mean, if we plant a church in a high-class area, I'm okay with that. But it's not going to be at the expense of not reaching a place like Pine Hills. Because, I mean, you know, Jesus is not only in the high-class where all the educated people are. He's also in the neighborhood, in the hood where people are struggling. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And he eats with them. He eats with these people. And I love that. We need to be a church that knows how to talk about Jesus over food. Sometimes we're like so afraid. And sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you, there's certain people you shouldn't invite to your house. Come on, somebody. Amen. Let God clean them up just a little bit more before you invite them over to your house. Oh, but you can take them to a park. You can go to a McDonald's and get some food yes. and go to a bench and begin to talk to them. Yes. 
You can go to a Dunkin' Donuts and buy some donuts and get a laptop or an iPad and begin to show them videos about what Jesus can do inside of their lives. You can do that. My friend, a donut only costs a dollar. Right? What would happen if us as a community won't be afraid to be like, hey, I'm not going to invite you to my house, but I'll invite you somewhere else and we'll talk over food. And we could talk about anything. We don't have to talk about Jesus. We could talk about life. And from my experience, so many times when you're just talking about life, the presence of God just shows up in the midst of it over coffee, over a donut, over just hanging out with somebody. Why? Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we bring in the presence of God. Oh, yes. What could happen? If we have just small conversations with lost people, you know what would happen? We would begin to stick out from the church because unfortunately, the church doesn't do that. The church doesn't invite people and have simple conversations until they say, man, there's something different about you. I know you're a Christian. I know you're a pastor, but you, you didn't force it down my neck. You didn't force this down my neck. And that's the opportunity that you begin to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. And that's when they say, hey, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but something in this conversation began to change my life. Can somebody say amen? So we eat with them. Everybody say eat. Not only do we listen to our friends and family, we eat with them. And some of you might not, might not have the finances right, to buy out all the time. But you can cook something, Amen. put it inside of a bag, and bring it with you. In fact, let me give you let me give you an example. There was actually somebody in our church. Somebody called me. They needed food. And by the way, that happens quite a bit. And sometimes I can't do it. So you know what somebody did? They overheard the conversation I was having with them over the phone. And when I hung up, you know what that person says? She says, "I can go. I can cook something in my kitchen." I could put it together and I could bring it to that person. That's what we need. Because yes. how many know the pastor is not called to do everything? Amen. The pastor is supposed to be the example so that everybody does it, Amen. not just the pastor. I love that. There's many people that visit people that I don't even know. They visit people in the hospital and I find out later that they visited them. And I couldn't make it, but somebody got the call, not from me. They got the call from God and said, God, I can do it. He can't do it, and maybe my pastor's wife can do it, but I have the time to cook the food and bring it to them. I have the finances to send an Uber Eats to that person. I have the money to send a DoorDash to that person. Pastor, give me the address, and I'll go, and I'll meet the need in that season. Yes, Jesus. We need people like that. Yes, Lord. We need people like that. Can you imagine how many lives could be changed if we don't tell them that Jesus loves them, but that we show them that Jesus loves them? Right? We eat with them. We listen to them. The letter S is we serve them. We serve them. Let's put up some worship music. Mark chapter 7, verse 32 it says this, it says, a deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him. This is to Jesus. 
And the people begged Jesus to lay hands on the man to heal them. And Jesus led him away from the crowd. I love that. Jesus led him away from the crowd. He didn't put it on Facebook. He didn't put it on Instagram. He didn't put it on TikTok. He didn't try to put a spectacle. He didn't put on a show. He says, you need me? Let's come over here. Let me help you. And he says, Jesus led him away from the crowd so that they could be alone. And he put his fingers into the man's ear. Then spitting on his fingers, he touched the man's tongue, looking up to him. And he sighed and said, Apophatia, which means be opened. Instantly, the man could hear perfectly. And his tongue was free so he could speak plainly. And Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone. But the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. They were completely amazed. I said again and again, everything he does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and give speech to those who cannot speak. I love, what, I love that it says the crowd. He says he, he put him away. He, he took this person alone and obviously the, the crowd followed him. Because it says, hey, he told the crowd, don't tell nobody. This wasn't for you to see, by the way. But don't tell nobody. But you know people. They don't listen. This is a good thing that they didn't listen because you know what they did? They began to share with Jesus. They're saying, you know what their testimony of Jesus was? Everything he does is wonderful. You know what will begin to happen with a church that begins to serve the lost, that begins to serve those that are in need? They'll begin to say, oh man, that person is so Wonderful. They're not saying that about you. They're saying that about the Jesus inside of you. They're going to begin to say, oh man, I don't know, some, there's something great about that church. They're not saying it about the church. They're saying it, saying it about the Jesus inside of the church. Let me give you three things about this story. Jesus served them. You know what Jesus did? He brought the person to himself. He was already there. You know, there's people already inside of your life that God is going to call you to serve. Proximity. Everybody say proximity. The person is already around you. He's not going to tell you to reach somebody in India. Most of the time, he's going to tell you to reach your neighbor, your family member. They're already around you. And you know, some, sometimes we don't see the person in proximity because we're so focused on ourselves. And then, look what he says. He says, hey, come over here. Let's be alone. He wants you to be personal with them. Be personal. You know, some of you think that the reason why I invited you out to eat after you did the next steps is because I want to get it all up in your business. And I kind of do, but it's because that's what Jesus did. He says, why don't we take you out from the church, right? And the outreaches and the events. And let's just sit one-on-one -on -one and just share your heart with you never know what one conversation can do. One conversation can change your life. It happened for that person. He says, come along with me. 
Forget about the crowd. Forget about your friends. Forget about what they're going to say. Come along with me. Be personal with me. Jesus wants to do that, not only with your friends, but he also wants to do that with you. And then, in that situation, something powerful happened. Everybody say powerful. The man got touched. The man got healed. It wasn't a whole crowd. It wasn't a crusade. It wasn't a packed out stadium. No, my friend, it was just one-on-one. Do you know miracles can happen when you're just having a one-on-one conversation? You know people will be set free just a one-on-one conversation. Sometimes we look at one-on-one conversation as so insignificant, and yet Jesus frequently talks to people one-on-one. The Samaritan woman at the well that had five husbands, and the one that she was with was not her husband. That was a one-on-one conversation with Jesus. One-on-one. So many times we want crowds. We want likes on Facebook. We want subscribers on YouTube. Nothing wrong with that. What is the motive? Is it so that you can impact somebody? Or so that you can feel validated? Because if you feel validated by subscribers and likes, once they're gone, you're going to feel unvalidated. But if you find your identity in Christ and you begin to manifest Christ through your life to your friends and your family, my friend, your life will always feel validated. Why? Because you're in purpose. Everybody say purpose. Purpose. The last one is story. Everybody say story. Every one of us has a story. You have a story. I have a story. I told it. I, I told you my story last week, right? I was lost, man. I was lost. The two stories that I share the most is when I was sick and when I was lost. And both stories literally changed people's lives. And it's just a story. I didn't give them a big old theological breakdown of what Jesus said in Romans chapter 8. No, no, I just told them my story. You have a story. You have a story that's going to change people's lives. You have a story where you were before Jesus. How many have a story before Jesus? And now we have a story how we are in Christ. What happened to you? What happened to you when Jesus came inside of your life? Sometimes that's the problem. Because people say, yeah, I know your past. But it seems like your past, being a Christian, is still in your present. And there's no life change. And they begin to look at us. And they begin to say, it's all good what you're saying. And I love everything that you're saying. I just don't see the evidence. I don't feel the love. You know, John chapter 9, verse 25 says this. I don't know whether uh, this is a guy that Jesus touched. He says, I don't know whether he is a sinner, right? Because they were calling Jesus a sinner because of, of him healing him and all that stuff. He says, the guy says, look, look, bro, I don't know if he's a sinner. All I know, I was once blind and now I can see. Hey, I don't know about all that religious stuff. I don't know the Bible that well. I frankly don't go to church all that much. All I know is that when I received Jesus inside of my life, something changed. Something was different. All I know is that I was blind, but now I could see. My friend, that's enough. That's enough. 
Let's all stand this morning. We're all called to be a blessing. We're all called to be a blessing. By the way, I forgot to mention that the notes are on our website, so if you want to go through it, if you want to go through the notes and all that stuff that we just talked about, it's on our website, myfutureonline.com. And you can write your own notes and email them to yourself. Listen, this is a very practical message. And the reason why we're doing that is because there's a lot of people inside of your life, right, that are just lost. And don't, don't, don't buy it that they're like, oh, I go to church. Everybody in Florida goes to church. They just say that because they go on Easter and Christmas and when their grandmother yells at them. So, so there's, there's, there's people. And listen, it might just be one person that you identify. This person's lost. And God is going to call you to bless them. Bless what does it mean? Begin to pray. L means listen to them. And it, might, it might start off with a five-minute conversation. How you doing? Isn't it cold outside? Because I mean, no, it's cold outside today. You listen to them, talk to them. And then you'd be like, hey, I'm going to take you out to eat one day. Tell me when it's a good time. Hey, I'm going to cook you some food. Why Why don't we meet over there on Friday? Let me get your number. I'll text you. We'll meet over there. We'll just have some coffee or eat. You just talk. And you serve. Right? How do you serve them? You know, you could serve them your food. And then you could also serve them wisdom. And you know what I normally do? I say, hey, you know what? I've been through the same thing. And you know what I've learned? This is what I've learned. And they might ask, where did you get that from? I said, oh, I'm glad you asked. This is what Jesus taught me. This is what I learned from my own experience. Then, guess what? Right in that conversation, you're sharing your story. And just like God touched stories, he's going to touch your story. It's that simple. Everything that I mentioned today, we already do. We just have to be intentional about it. Right? We also have to live it. Because, you know, if, if, if people are like me, right? I inspect. I do. I used to inspect. I'm a lot, a lot more gracious now because, you know, we all fall short. But when somebody used to tell me about Jesus, I'm be like, oh, that's so great. And then I'm looking at their life. Do they really do that? Do they really pray? Do they really faithfully go to church? Do they really believe their Bible? If I hear them cuss once, I'll be like, oh, they're a fraud. They're fake. They're fake. But if I hear them cuss and they repent and be like, I'm sorry about that, man. I should have never said that. Then I'm like, oh, maybe they were just, they just had a bad day. Right? Because we all fall short. And that's why it's so important that we have to not live perfect. Because we're never going to be perfect. we got to live faithful. Faithful people fall short. But you know what faithful people, and I always say this, the righteous person falls seven times. A righteous person gets right back up. The scripture literally says the person that's not righteous stays down. It's not the fact that they're going to fall. No, everybody falls. We all make mistakes. We all fall short. The righteous person gets right back up. The person, watch this, it really says this in a different translation. The lover of Jesus gets back up. 
You don't get it back up because it's a religious duty. You don't get back up because, man, these people are going to talk to me. No, you get back up because you love Jesus. Amen. You get back up because you love Jesus and everything that he has done for you. You don't get back up because people are going to say something. Let me just let me just do this because, you know, no, no, no. You get back up regardless of what people say. You get back up because you love Jesus. The lovers of God are the ones that fall seven times and they get right back up. Sometimes people come to me and say, I can't believe I fell. I said, I don't know why you're so shocked. Why are you shocked? You're not Jesus. You're going to fall. You're going to mess up. The thing is, is that you don't throw in the towel. You get right back up. And who cares who has something to say? Doesn't matter. Amen. You stay faithful. Yes. You stay faithful. Amen. Let's pray. If you want to be a person that you want to bless people, you want to pray for people, you want to listen to people, you want to serve people, you want to share your story, I want you to lift up your hands right now. I want to pray for you. Amen. This is the last time we're going to be talking about bless. We're going to be talking about something else next week. This is your moment. Some of you may say, man, I wish God could use me. This is the way God's going to use you. This is the way God's going to use you. So, Father, right now, I pray for every single person in this place. I pray, God, that you would just change their perspective on reaching people. God, people in this world, they're looking for a friend. God, I love that the word of God says that you are a friend to sinners. You are a friend to sinners. I pray that we won't come judging people. We're not condoning sin. We're just not going to judge them. Your word says that the person that judges sinners is God. Our job is to judge each other. Yes. As Christians. And so, Father, I pray, God, that you will begin to anoint us, God, to be friends of sinners, God. God, that people, when they're having conversations with us, Father God, that you would anoint every story, every conversation, every place, Father God. And when the enemy tries to condemn us, God, because we have fallen short, we pray, God, God, that not only that you help us get right back up, God, but that you will change that area in our lives. that area inside of our lives so that we could serve powerfully hallelujah father we love you and we thank you in jesus name we all said amen amen come on give jesus some praise this morning amen you may be seated we're going to go ahead and continue our worship uh through our giving this morning if somebody could pass me the connection card the youtube one Alrighty, we're going to continue our worship with our giving, amen. If this is your first time here, please don't feel obligated to give. We just want you to enjoy the service. Three ways to give, myuturnorlando.com. You can also text GIVE to 833-593-1454. And uh, we also have an envelope on the seat, so please fill that out. And the way you give that envelope to the church is the usher will be at the door and you just put it inside of that bucket.
If this is your first time here, please fill out this card right here. Amen. And you might be saying, why do you need my information? It's because we love you. Amen. And uh, we want to let you know more about our church and, and things like that. Amen. We want to connect with you. Amen. Easter is coming up. I mean, you know, Easter is coming up. And that, that is the reason why we're doing this blessed series, if you guys haven't figured that out. It's because we want, we want your friends to come. And that's the reason why this Easter flyer is on your chair. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to invite somebody to Easter. Why? Because most people will come to an Easter service. I'm going to be frank with you. I used to get high. I used to get drunk and stuff like that. But I wouldn't even make it to an Easter service. Come on, somebody. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to stop in for a whole new podcast. We love you, familia.